Amen. It's a new year, uh, 2016. Man, I graduated in the 90s, and I remember the first time I saw a double zero on a jacket, and I was kind of freaking me out a little bit. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe you have some New Year's resolutions, um, or what I call to-do lists for the first week of January. Uh, so, some of you got that. It took a little bit. That's okay. Uh, there's some new, re- new Year's resolutions I came across uh, on the internet that I found, and I want to share with, with some of those with you. Uh, one said, my New Year's resolutions is not to shovel snow. Since I'm going to be in Florida, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I love when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did all year. <laughs> drop the ball on a few things? I know I did. I know I did. My brother's New Year's resolution is to move out of my parents' house. You'd think after 49 years he'd try another one. <laughs> Nobody point right now. My New Year's resolution is I need to start eating more healthy. But first, I need to eat all the junk food in the house so it doesn't tempt me anymore. <laughs> my, my New Year's resolution is to simply remember, remember to write 2016 instead of 2015 as the date. Yeah. Oh, it takes me about three months, man. It just drives me nuts. Uh, here's another one um, I'll share. Hopefully no one's offended, but that's okay if you are. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> one, had, one person had a New Year's resolution that said, I just want to lose enough weight so my belly stops jiggling when I brush my teeth. <laughs> All righty. You're like, you're like, that's not fair, dude. You're like 135 pounds. You can't say that one, but that's it. Uh, hey, it's Vision Sunday. Why do we do Vision Sunday? Well, if you have investments, I can guarantee that you look at your investments throughout the year. And you, you plan ahead and you look at, uh, especially if you're retiring, if you're getting close to retiring, you're looking at those investments throughout the year, making sure that you know where your money's going. And you plan out this next year where they're headed as well. If you're in the business world, I can guarantee that you evaluate where the, how the past year's been, where the direction your company is headed in. If you're a senior in high school or in college, I can guarantee you that you're evaluating and, and you have some vision of where you want to go when you get that diploma. Maybe it's back to your parents' house for a little bit, I don't know. Uh, if you're engaged, I guarantee that you're planning your wedding, that you're planning your future, that you have vision that you want to uh, happen and accomplish. How much more important is it for a church to have vision? We're talking about an eternal impact, eternity. And if I belong to a church and I invest my time, my money, my abilities, and if I'm raising my kids in a church, I want to know where that church is headed. Wouldn't you? All right, so that's why we do uh, Vision Sunday, the first Sunday of every year. If you're on social media, hashtag BridgeVision2016. And uh, if you, I think they have it up on there. Can you put that up on the screen, guys? Bridge Vision 2016. If you want sermon notes, just email us at info at bridgechurch.cc. Info at bridgechurch.cc. Well, what did God do through us, the bridge, in 2015? I want to share a little bit of the things that happened. The first thing that happened 
was there was over 23,000 people were served by our outreach team outside of these walls. 23,000. Last I checked, I believe um, there's like, what, 45,000 people that live in Goldsboro. Um, 450 children in Bridge Kids every single week at both of our locations. 450 kids. Here's some other things that God did through you in 2015. Over 200 people watch online every single week across the country and across the world. And a lot of those people... Uh, a lot of those people, there's, there's, we, call, we call them family units, but a lot of them, there's, like, there's more than one person that's watching online service. 333 people made first-time decisions and rededications for Jesus Christ in 2015. And a third of those people were in the prisons and at the soup kitchen. A third of those people. What else did God do? 75 people were baptized in 2015. Can we stand and we give God glory for what he's done? Come on, get on up. I know you're going to be shouting at the Panthers game today that you watch. Let's get excited what God did in 2015. All right, I'm fired up, I'm fired up. Acts 2, 40 through 47, we're going to take a look at the New New Testament church. And with many other words, he satisfied and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear, amazement came upon them, every soul, and many wonders and signs, miracles, were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all had things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among them all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So that's what God did in that Acts 2 church. I came across a quote that really spoke to me. It said, note that there were 120 believers worshiping together on the day of Pentecost. But when they allowed the Holy Spirit to use them in this way, the impact was greater than they could even comprehend. A community of believers worshiping, dreaming, and working together and guided by the Holy Spirit, speaking to and through everyone, That's a vision worth investing in. Jesus started with 12 disciples. Then it grew to 120, and then 3,000, and then to 100,000, and millions. Think of what God can do through the bridge this year in 2016. 
Think of what he's already done in 2015. We haven't seen nothing yet. Nothing yet. So this morning, I want to give you a seven mindset changes that will help take the bridge to an H&L, which means whole another level. All right. So as I'm going to list, uh, give the list of these seven, I'm, I hope you'll be asking, what would happen to me personally and to our church if we embrace these mindset changes in 2016? Number one, what if we prayed strategically? What if we prayed st strategically? You know, prayer creates harmony, not unison, harmony. Uh, you know, unison is when everyone, you know, is thinking the same thing. And, you know, God's created us all differently. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, you know, there's, there's harmony in our marriage. You know, we're very different from one another. But there's harmony when we come together. And, um, and, and so, so when you pray strategically, it creates harmony. When you have a personal prayer strategy, you know, I really encourage you, to all keep a prayer journal. This is my prayer journal, and um, I keep everything in here. I keep sermon notes in here. I keep visions and dreams, um, prayers that I'm praying for. Uh, I also put down when, when God has answered uh, prayers. I try to do at least one of these every single year, and I go back and I read it. And, uh, and I've been doing this probably for about 12 years now, and um, really looking forward to, you know, the day when I'm old and I can look back on these, and when I don't have much of a memory, and I can remember what God uh, has, has done uh, in my life and, and through me and in other people as well. So I really encourage you to get, a, um, to just get, get something. I mean, you can get something cheap at Walmart for like a few bucks, um, but, but just get something. Get something. And, and, I, and I, love, I love when I see people taking notes because I know that people that take notes are hungry learners, and that they're going to look back and, and they're going to review uh, what they learn as well. Another thing is, um, when, you, when you come up and tell me a good sermon, I, you know, I, I appreciate that, appreciate that, that, that uh, encouragement. But also tell me maybe one thing that you learned as well. Because that would be mean even more to me than, than just telling me a good sermon. Tell me one thing that you learned. All right. um, so having a prayer journal. Um, you know, I, th I feel like we need to take better care of ourselves, especially in sleep. Um, I'm trying to go to bed every night at 1030 um, and then get up at 630. That's a good eight hours of sleep. And uh, I think you know, many of us just stay up too late. And, and so we, you know, we don't, we're exhausted in the morning. So that could be time that we spent with the Lord. And um, let me just tell you, your spouse and your kids want you to sleep more. I can't guarantee it because I'm in that world. I'm in that world. And you will bless them if you get more sleep this year. Uh, spending time with the Lord in the morning. You know, prayer is a conversation with your best friend throughout the day. I love talking to God throughout the day. I mean, God cares. Like, you think about God, how he created everything. He cares about the smallest details of your life. Like, if you're a parent, don't you care about everything in your kid's life? Like, God is the one that created us, so he cares about every single thing in your life. The bridge wants to have a prayer strategy, and Pastor Farrell and I, we're, we're getting together with the prayer team on Wednesday, 
and we're going to put a prayer strategy together for 2016 that we all can be on the same page with. The prayer, prayer team wants to teach people. They're going to they're spend time this year to help, to help you learn how to pray, which is an awesome thing. We want to help you to pray. There's going to be more prayer gatherings. Um, I'm going to talk about the Bridge Kids expansion coming soon, but uh, we're going we're gonna to set aside more time at this campus. I don't know what they're going to do with the Princeton campus, but at this campus, we're going to pray more. I know they're going to pray more there too, but we're going we're gonna to get together on off nights, not just nights that we get together for service, and we're just going to come in here, and we're going to pray, man, and we're going we're gonna to cry out to God because if we want revival, that's where it starts, and that's not going to happen if we don't get on our face and get on our knees before the Lord. And one of the things that we're going to do uh, before we knew, and you, may, many of you don't know it, but um, underneath, underneath these carpets and underneath the paint is scripture verses all in this room. Because before we uh, completed the expansion, before we started getting everything going here, we had people come in and pray over this facility and write down scriptures and, and write, getting choked up, uh, and wrote down what God could do through the Bridge Goldsboro. And, and we're going to do that with our, with our kids' expansion as well. What about a kingdom prayer strategy? You know, it's bigger than you and I. It's bigger than the bridge. It's about the kingdom. So what, would, what, would, what could God do if we were strategic about kingdom prayers? Things that only he could accomplish, not on, not on our own strength. Next week, uh, I'm going to begin a new series on prayer titled The Recipe. Uh, we'll go into detail about how to pray a strategic way resulting in a more Holy Spirit-empowered life. You're saying, well, you're preaching. Well, for the last couple of years, we've tried video message, and uh, we've gotten some good feedback and some not-so-good feedback, and uh, we're making a decision. I'm going to be preaching live on Sundays at this campus. Yeah. I appreciate there was no pause or hesitation after that. Well, I, 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 was, I shared that with our volunteer team this morning, and, uh, and one lady said, well, better get more Kleenex out. So I tell you what, man, I, I am who I am, and I really feel like I've, I've grown uh, as, as a preacher and as a communicator, especially this past year. And, um, man, I preach how I learn, you know, uh, like, Convict me, you know, kick my butt a little bit, uh, get to my emotions, uh, make me laugh. And, um, and so I'm just really excited and, um, about, you know, God, God put it on Pastor Pharaoh's heart too before I even came to him and, and, and asked him. And so, uh, so get ready because you never know what I'm going to say <laughs> when I'm on stage. <laughs> Number two. What if we served him and not them? What if we served him and not them? How you view yourself as a church volunteer is either a perspective that highly motivates you or a perspective that causes little or no motivation resulting in giving up and burning out quickly. When you serve someone inside and outside of these walls, you're serving Jesus. You're not serving the bridge. You're not serving me. You're not serving Pastor Farrell. 
You're serving your Savior. And when you do that, you do it with a joyful heart. You get in the car, and you put on your volunteer shirt, and you say, God, thank you that I get to make a difference for you and your kingdom today. But if you just have a mindset that you're just serving us or me, listen, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to get you, I'm going I'm to tick you off every once in a while. Because I'm human. And I just spit on everybody in the front row. I'm human. Listen, since I'm going to be preaching in 2016 on Sundays, I'm going to buy this whole front row rain jackets. <laughs> on me. On me. Uh, ponchos. Bridge ponchos. Hey, why not? We market everything else around here. Right? Um, but seriously, like, like say, you're ser- you, say you, th- you think you're serving me, and then I disappoint you, you're going to stop serving. If you're serving Jesus, who died for you, who gave everything up for you, then no matter what happens in your life, you're going to continue to serve. You're going to continue to serve. When you understand all that Jesus did for you, you can't help but live a life of gratitude. You can't help that. So you will not say, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going to step down from serving. And then I'm going to ask you, okay, well, where else are you going to serve? Because I'm not going to let you just step down and not serve anywhere. I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, hurt you if you don't. (laughs) But really, because it's a life of gratitude. Like, save people, serve people. Save people, serve people. And when people are in love with Jesus, they serve people. Notice I say when people love Jesus. There's a difference between loving someone and being in love with them. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, I love God. And you look at their life, and their life is no different than people that are outside the church. There's a difference when you say, I am in love with God. When you're in love with someone, you can't stop thinking about that person. When you're in love, your, your, your passion, your emotions lead into action. All right? Listen, a lot of people love Sabrina White. But I am in love with Sabrina White. And anyone else that is in love with Sabrina, Sabrina White, we need to have a Jesus meeting <laughs> in the back alley. I'm small, but I can hold my own. You know, I think, talking about my wife here, you know, I don't know, and I'm not just saying this because she's my wife, I don't know anyone else busier than my wife. She has four kids, seven and under. She runs our small business by herself. And she's a pastor's wife. There's no one I know that is more busier than her. Do you know that she not only serves in VIP, our VIP team, but she also serves in our nursery as well? She's never backed down from a diaper. Listen, you know why why she does that? Because she is in love with Jesus. 
and she can't help but live a life of gratitude and service. You know, I feel, I believe that she would still serve in those ministries even if she wasn't married to me. Now, she would be a lot more miserable if she wasn't married to me. But that's another, that's another topic. So we have a lot of volunteer opportunities that we need to fill. You say, well, what are your needs, Pastor Jay? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because if you don't know, then how can you fill them? So we're going to go specifically down the needs that we have right now and how you can be a part of it. All right, let's bring it up. Bridge Kids, we need 20 volunteers right now. 20 volunteers to pour in to those kids. We need four people in media. Our worship team needs 10 to 15 more people that are skilled in worship. Okay, just because you think you can carry you know, a delta in the shower does not necessarily mean that you should be on a worship team. We have an audition process for that one. Ushers need four more people right now to build their team. ERT, we have six, we have six more opportunities to get involved in, in, uh, in ERT. Do you know that when we go to this Bridge Caves expansion, that we're going to need some more volunteers? We're two months away from launching that. We need, we need more bridge kids and more ERT to make sure that, listen, man, I don't want to go into a new facility and get all excited and not have enough volunteers to fill that. That is not fair. That is not fair. We need you. We need you. What are some other opportunities? Parking lot. We need five more people in our parking lot team. We need 16 more door greeters. 16. We need 16 more VIP people. We need seven more people in our coffee shop right now. Right now. So there you have it. I think I told it, it was, I think it was about 97. We need 97 more volunteers right now. Or else... This vision that I'm casting in 2016 is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We need you. We need you. Go to the test drive after, after, the, after, the, after uh, service. Ta- talk to Ivan. Man, let's flood that table. Let's flood that table and say, I want to meet a need. Let me, know, let me know what I can do. Let me know what I can do. Don't tell me how in love with Jesus you are if you're just attending service but never serve. Because your actions are not speaking how much you love Jesus or how much you're in love with Jesus. Listen, I had a lady contact me this past week. She said, Pastor, you know, because we have services on Thursday and Sunday, so we have needs on both days. She said, Pastor, I serve six out of the eight services a month. So, and, and she says, she says, I need a break. I am exhausted. I just, I can't do it. I can't keep that pace. 
she, we have a, here we have, so we, here we have a sister in Christ that is exhausted, and she has served 72 out of the 96 services this past year. 72 out of the 96 services. And actually, there's probably more than that because we had 9 a.m. service for a little while. And I think one of the reasons why that maybe didn't work is we didn't have live preaching. So keep that in mind, maybe in the future. But we have a sister in Christ, in, in Christ that, is, that is exhausted right now because she serves six out of the eight times a month. Don't you think our sister in Christ needs to also be in here a little bit more, sitting next to her husband? Okay, everyone that said amen, I better see you at the test drive table. Don't tell me amen and then don't do anything. If you don't care about that, then you don't get it. You don't get it. I pray that you are so convicted from now on every time you come to service. Now, first time guests, we love you guys. It's getting, inten- it's getting intense up in here, okay? I'm not talking to you guys. We love you. I'm talking about people that I see week in and week out. I pray that you feel so much conviction that you are unsatisfied every time you come. Every time you come. Here's another thing. Do you know we are a church where you can belong before you believe? And... We get a lot of flack on that from other Christians and other churches. We don't care. You can, there's so many people that I talk to that say, man, when I first walked in the doors, I felt at home. I felt at home. Do you know that, that you can serve at the bridge even if you don't have a relationship with Jesus? Now, we're not going to put you in a teaching role or a leadership role, but there's a place for you to serve. So some of you that say you love Jesus, that don't serve at your church, were served by people that don't know Jesus this morning. How does that not bring conviction? Listen, I got I to gotta check this. I got a little jawbone bracelet that checks your pulse in there. I got to check this right now. So I'm, about, I'm about ready to have a stroke at 37. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. What if we were outward focused? Number three, what if we were outward focused? Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works that flow out of your love for Jesus, resulting in that person surrendering to Christ and glorify your Father in heaven. When you serve, you serve Jesus and you glorify him. And when you do that, you impact lives like we saw in 2015. Ask yourself this question. What am I doing to let Jesus shine through my life so unbelievers will see him in me and accept Christ and begin to live a life that brings glory to the Father? We all have a part in that. You know, the Pharisees were inward focused. Jesus was outward focused. Who do we want to be more like? We're not just here to build the bridge. We're here to build the kingdom, to help God build his kingdom, to shine a light in the darkness of Wayne County, of Goldsboro and Wayne County in eastern North Carolina. 
We are an influential church. God has given us an awesome responsibility, and we want to continue to be responsible with that. One of the reasons I believe God has blessed us is because we have a heart for people and for the lost, and we will do anything short of sin to reach them. Listen, we're doing a series next month on sex, and we're going to advertise that. So if you bring your kids in here, just be prepared. That's why we offer something for their age. But we, listen, man, we did, we did a series uh, a few years ago on porn. You can, you can imagine how well that went over with the community. But you know what? People that didn't know Jesus, people that struggled with, came to that and got saved. That's all worth it, isn't it? We're not in competition with other churches. We want to be a blessing to other churches and other pastors. I get together on a regular basis with other pastors. And we encourage one another. And I hear, you know, what are you doing? And they ask me what we're doing. And, and, and we want to be encouragement to them. Be intentional about influencing the unchurched by learning how to have a conversation with unbelievers. The unchurched. We have a resource that we pay a lot of money every month for you to have for free called Right Now Media. And if you are on that, there, it's, it's like the Netflix of Bible studies and biblical teaching. And if you want it, don't have access to that yet, just email info at Bridge Church, and we will get you on that. Learn, grow. There's, there's, there's hundreds of videos on there of how, how, to, how to win with friendship evangelism. You know, until people know how much you care about them, they don't care about your message. Number four, what if we increased generosity? Living generously is when you intentionally use your God-given resources to bless others. Now know that I said God-given. God gives you everything you have to bless others. Living generously is when our God-given resources of time, finances, abilities, skills, talents, come together to meet the needs of others here and around the world. Living generously is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just something we do at Christmas or other holidays or events or campaigns. It's a lifestyle. It's how you live. Like, if you are in love with Jesus, you cannot help but live a generous life. You know, and if, and, if, and if your family, if you say you love Jesus, in love with Jesus, and your family and friends and coworkers don't see generosity in you, then how much do you really love Jesus? How much does he really transform your life? You can't be generous financially as long as you're a slave to debt. There's a lot of people in here that need to get out of debt. Kingdom economics. The more you give, the more you'll have. I don't understand it, but I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. The more you give, the more you'll have. Getting out of debt, God can give you the discipline to get you out of it, if you want it badly enough. You know, it's not using, don't, don't use credit cards. And I'm going to share just a few things, some changes my wife and I are making. We don't use credit cards anymore. And you're saying, well, you get points for that. You get $10 every $1,000 you spend. Who's, who's making out on that one? Seriously. We, I, you know, I thought about buying a new car. You know, I have to, I have to go through my back seat to get through the driver's seat. 
and I thought about getting a new car. My door handles are broken off stuff. Uh, you know, it's the silver bullet. I'm not talking about, you know, Coors Light. It's, uh, it's what I call my, my car, my silver bullet. And, um, and that thing, it's got 235,000 miles on it, and it's got a lot of character. Um, you know, it's got some bridge stickers kind of holding stuff together here. But, but I'm like, no, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride that thing in the ground. Uh, meal planning, uh, there's, a, there's an app that you can, call, you can check out, eMeals, and there's a, a, a small fee that you pay, but, but it plans out your entire meals uh, and, and all the grocery items that you'll need for that as well. Uh, so check that out. Um, just because something is on sale doesn't mean you, mean you, you need to buy it. Man, I know. We, we all fell, fell for that these last couple of weeks, especially after Christmas. You know, like I saw some like ninja cookie cutters things that my, my kids love ninjas. I was going to buy it, but it was, it was on sale, but I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Now they've heard me say that it was on sale and they're going to ask me why I didn't get it. But uh, we have an I was broke, now I'm not class, a financial class that we want to walk through with you. And we're going to try to offer that at both locations. We've, I know some of you have been part of that as well. But because you gave over $40,000 one time in October for an offering fit for a king, because you gave over $40,000, we are going to be able to have a new Bridge Kids facility. And because you gave in October over $40,000 for that, our kids' ministry has, has doubled in size doubled in size, and we're going, to re- we're going to be able to reach twice as many families this year. We're going to be able to reach twice as many kids this year than we were able to last year. So thank you so much for your generosity. Number five, what if we expected miracles? What if we expected miracles? Make a list. Miracles you're praying and believing for. Miracles that would change your life and bring glory to God. Actions you know, you, you plan taking to see miracles come to pass. What, what can you do for this miracle to happen? Of course, God is the ultimate author of that. Fasting. We need to fast more. We need to literally fast. Uh, you know, you can fast from uh, a bunch of different things, you know, social media, that's great. But fasting from food will get your attention like nothing else. Listen, man, when you're in the cubicle and, like, your belly growls so loud that, like, everyone hears it, you know, like... Uh, hey, that's, that's a witness opportunity right there. People can ask you why your belly's growling, and you can tell them. I don't know. But, um, but what are ways God will be glorified when miracles happen? Think about what God can do in 2016 through us, through the bridge, miracles that could happen. And people say, wow. I'm not, I don't go anywhere, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that life change. You know, we did the Circle Maker series a few years back, and, and some of you still have your Circle Maker um, uh, sheets on the fridge, and some of you have crossed out what God's, God's done, and some of them, um, you know, they still haven't been crossed out yet because God hasn't answered them, but you have them up. You know, I think about that. I, I have a list in my bathroom, um, you know, of there's six things I wrote down, and in the last three months, They've already happened. Uh, and there's, there's a couple, that's, there's a couple that, that haven't happened yet, but are right on the horizon. But you need to write down. You need to write down uh, goals. When you're, when you're obedient in the small things, God will give you greater responsibility. And he'll give you opportunities to take that next big step. But be obedient in the small things. 
if you're not scared by your dreams, they're not big enough. If you're not scared by your dreams, and I'm not talking about like dreams at night, you know. I had a, I had a dream my teeth fell out the other night. That's, that's weird. Uh, listen, um, if you're not scared by your dreams, they don't move God. And I'm going to share in just a few minutes about some of, the, some of the goals, some of the vision that I want to happen here at Goldsboro Campus as your campus pastor. And some of them are scary. Sometimes I think we just settle when God wants to do the supernatural. You can tweet that. Sometimes we just settle when God wants to do the supernatural. Listen, God wants to do the supernatural in your life. He wants to do the supernatural in your family, in your business, in your church, in your community. And sometimes we're just going through the motions, man. And we're okay with that. I'm not okay with that anymore. I'm not okay with that. You know, I want to hold you accountable, and I want you to hold me accountable. You know, we're, we're a church family here. And if we can't speak truth to one another when, when you know, Man, I need people to, to tell me, Jeremy, I feel like you're getting comfortable. I need that, just like you need that. Number six, what if we took ownership? Have you experienced organizations or companies that have an employee culture of buy-in as opposed to one with employees that only do what they absolutely have to do to get their job done? Are you in a job right now where, where, every, where your fellow employees are, are bought in and you enjoy it, and it's exciting, or are you just kind of going through the motions? Even if you're not an official owner, a member, we call here at the bridge, I'm asking you to take ownership of God's vision for the bridge. What are the characteristics of someone who has taken ownership here at the bridge and the vision here? They are motivated by a God vision, something bigger than themselves. Not by people, not by an organization, but by God. Not by ideal environments or circumstances, because those could always change, but by God's vision. And number two, there are people that always have their head on a swivel. They're always looking for someone to bless. They are givers, not takers. Not only inside these walls, but outside these walls as well. We need you to help carry forth the vision here at the Bridge Goldsboro. And I'm going to keep on asking you, listen, I'm looking out. I know people that have been coming a while that aren't serving. I am going to personally ask you to get involved. So just be prepared. Because I love you. Okay? Because it's not about me. It's not about Pastor Farrell. It's not about the bridge. It's about him. And... Every single one of us are going to be held accountable with what we did in this life. We will be held accountable what we did in the, in the church that we were a part of. And Ephesians 4.12 says, The job of pastors and teachers is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Listen, I am going to be held accountable for not only what I do, but I'm going to be held accountable for the bridge Goldsboro. 
And what did I preach? The message I preach, how I lift. I'm going to be held accountable. And I want, to be, I want God to say, good job, Jeremy. Well done, good and faithful servants. And if you don't desire that, if you're just comfortable and want to just continue to come and go through the motions, then I don't know what more I can do because you have to want it. You have to want it. And I can, I can speak truth and passion up here, but God's got to do a work in your heart. He's got to do a work in your heart. Number seven, what if we made true disciples? True disciples. Get clarity on your next step. You know, do you need to make a, a decision for Jesus? Do you need to be baptized? Do you need to be a part of one of our next steps classes? Do you need to, to get involved serving? Do you need to take a test drive? Do you need to be a part of a life group? Whether it's just a serving group or, or, or a, a group that meets outside of these walls or, or a home life group that meets in homes a couple times a month. What are your spiritual gifts? Do you know your spiritual gifts? And if you don't, you need to know your spiritual gifts. How can, how can you um, use them if you don't know them? Go online, spiritual gifts, plural, spiritualgiftstest.com spiritualgiftstest.com. It will take you 10 minutes to fill out and you can know your spiritual gifts. And I would love to know them as well. I would love to know your top three spiritual gifts so we can make sure that, 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 that you're being used here in a way that, that speaks to your gifts. Because if you're not using your gifts, you know, like you're just gonna, you're just gonna serve, well, you should, you should be doing it for Jesus. But if, when you're using your gifts, man, you're gonna be in your sweet spot and that's where your passions come out. And you're going, to be loved, you're going to love to do that. Know what essentials you believe and why you believe it. We have the Gospel of John on that back table where it says Belong, Commit, Grow, Serve. It's a red book. And there's four studies in that for you to grow and for you to learn. And if you're saying, well, I don't even know where to begin. Pick it up. You want one of us to come alongside of you? There's people in this church that will come alongside of you and go through that book with you for you to grow and for you to learn. I think of, uh, I think of Natalie Kemp and... And, um, you know, she, she teaches classes at Mount Olive Co- College and uh, University. And, uh, and she, she teaches uh, counseling classes. Is that correct? Counseling classes. Uh, she serves in the VIP. Uh, her husband serves in Bridge Kids. Uh, she also, they're also home life group leaders as well. And she was telling me that, um, uh, hopefully it's okay if I share. She's not even sure what I'm going to share yet. Uh, but she watches Right Now Media while she folds laundry, because she is a student. She is hungry for more of God. How hungry are you for more of God in your life? Listen, you can make all the, I know we joked in the beginning, you can make all these New Year's resolutions you can, but if, if, if your most important one is not to grow in your relationship with God, then who cares about all that other stuff? Who cares about all that? Here's a quote for you, and I'm, I'm almost done. We as a church need to respond to the authority of the Bible. It is not merely in reading or hearing the word that we are changed. We are to be doers of the word. God calls us to listen and obey. Listen to this. Revival breaks out where there is radical obedience to the Bible. Revival breaks out where there is radical obedience to the Bible. And if you're not getting in your Bible, you don't 
know what you need to obey on. Listen, man, I want revival, but it's got to start with me. When is, when is the last time you personally invited someone to church or you brought them to church and said, hey, man, let's go to church and we get, get lunch together afterwards? When is the last time you brought someone to Jesus Christ? Listen, I'm your campus pastor, and I cannot remember last time I personally brought someone to Jesus Christ. Yes, there's people, when I preach and at the end, there's people that, that make decisions and, and raise their hands and I follow them. But for me personally, and I'm ashamed by that. I'm ashamed by that. And you know what that tells me? That means I'm comfortable. It means I'm comfortable. And listen, God wants committed followers of Christ to make a change, to make a difference. Leadership development. We're going to have a leadership pipeline. You guys have been asking for it. We're going to do it. Um, you know, you're an influencer, but who are you influencing? Dr. Jim Wall, Pastor Farrell are going to be introducing a, a new leadership development strategy this year. And, uh, and there's, it's going to be throughout the year that you can get part of, and you're going to help grow as a leader, not only, um, you know, in your, in your life, not only in your, in your church, but outside, in your, work, in your workforce. We want to help build leaders. Okay, these are my goals, some goals I have for 2016 for the Goldsboro campus. Bridge Kids Expansion. Hoping to have this done by February 28th, a month before Easter. February 28th. Strengthen our volunteer base. Man, please stop by that test drive table. Get involved. We got, we got, we got faithful volunteers that have been serving here for a while that are, that are just like hanging on paper thin because they need some reinforcements. Go from six to ten home life groups. Uh, we at Work Campus, about 300 right now. We have about 100 people in our home life groups, so it's about a third, which is great, but I'd love to get to two-thirds of our people that go to this campus in home life groups. Because, you know, in home life groups, that's where discipleship happens. Our next group link is the last Sunday of this month, January 31st, and that's a great way for you to get plugged in. It's going to be in the kids' church room right after our Sunday service. Just come in. It'll take 30 minutes. You get to know some of our ministry um, directors and leaders, and you can be in a group before you leave that day. So come to that. Our call to, call to arms is going to another level. I think there's some areas that we can be more effective in. We can, we can do a, a better job of, um, of reaching, to, reaching out to deployed spouses and families. I can't tell you how many deployed spouses I've sat with, my wife and I, who've just been in tears, who are exhausted because they have no energy left. They got little ones at home. Their spouse is deployed. We can do a better job of coming alongside of them and impacting them. We can do a better job of reaching young airmen on the dorms, on base, who, who don't have families. They're, not, they're, they don't, they're, they're so influential right now. We have an awesome opportunity to minister to them. Next, we have our outreach and ministry and, and meeting needs in our community like never before, and six hundred people in 2016 at this campus. 600 people. You say it's not all about the numbers. I agree. But you know what? Every name has a story. Every story has a soul. And we should care about that. If it's not all about numbers, why did the Bible tell us about 3,000 people? Because when God moves in the hearts of people, when the Holy Spirit moves, people's lives are changed. And healthy things grow. And I want to be healthy this year. 
I want to be healthy this year. I can't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do as your campus pastor. I promise that I'm going to put these things in place. Because I'm not going to ask you to do it if I'm not doing it myself. Last, last thing I want to share. Put up this picture. This is a church in the Philippines. If you notice, it is completely flooded and completely packed. They are so in love with Jesus that they were not going to let a flood happen in the area, keep them away from church. If that doesn't convict you, I don't know what will. If they're willing to do whatever it needs to reach more people for Jesus Christ, what is the bridge willing to do in 2016? Amen? Amen. Let's pray.